Today on the Track Pack Road Trip podcast, we talk to an acquisitions librarian about her job at the Northern Lights Library System headquarters, her current reads and recommendations, and some popular purchases she's been making for libraries in Northern Lights Library System. Hi, Diane. Thanks for joining us on the Track Pack Road Trip podcast. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your job at Northern Lights? Okay, so my name is Diane. I live in Elk Point and I work for the Northern Lights uh, Library System headquarters here. I am in the acquisitions position, so that allows me to help all of Northern Lights libraries with their collection development and getting items into libraries for patrons. <laughs> How long have you been working here? I've been with Northern Lights for 12 years oh. and in the acquisitions position for 10. Mm -hmm. And where, for our listeners, exactly is Elk Point? Elk Point is right in the middle of Cold Lake and Lloydminster, right smack dab in the middle. Uh-huh. Yeah. And about how many people work at Northern Lights Library? We have, now with people working remotely and from home, we've got about 25 full-time employees. So it's, our staff has definitely grown because things services that we need to provide have definitely changed over the past couple of years so we've needed to adapt yes do you have a favorite part of your job i love uh listening to authors talk about their books and hearing publishers talk about stuff that's coming out it helps my patron holds list get huge i always have things i know are coming out and so I'm, I always have library materials being checked out to me. So I love knowing what's coming up. I never thought that would be part of the job would be listening and getting to talk to authors. That would yes, be no, I really, yeah. really enjoy that because they, they love to promote their material. If it's something that I'm excited about, I'm very happy to promote it as well. Has there been any requests that have really stood out to you over the years from librarians? <laughs> There's always been a, re a request for local material. Mm -hmm. So whether it's local history or local events or something from a local author that's been self-published, those are great, but they can be a little difficult to track down if you're not in that community but yeah it's it's very interesting to see and then when that gets into the library other libraries that might be interested in too because either they're from the area or have family in the area so yeah to watch things travel around the province and the country is really interesting your to be your um to be read book list must be very long very very long <laughs> um about how many items would you buy, would you say every day or every week? Well, I'm doing on average, I've been tracking for the last five years and I'm doing about 25,000 items a year. So yeah, and that's new items. That's not just cataloging sheets and donations. So, and every year my goal is to make that number get higher because I wanna see more items getting into the hands of patrons, better deals for our dollar, you know, expanding to new vendors and just, yeah, I always try to set that goal to buy at least one more thing every year. So some weeks I'm ordering three, 400 items. Some it's a little quieter, but yeah, on average, it's, it's over 20,000 a year. Diane, I noticed that 
over the years, it's been harder to get some older stuff because things go out of print so quickly. Do you find it's harder to get older things as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And unless it gets reissued, and of course, a lot of vendors are, are constrained by space. So they don't necessarily keep a lot of things in the warehouse that are five years old as there's always new things coming out. I mean, there'll be the classics. You can always, you always get the cat in the hat. Somebody has it, but yeah, it's, it's amazing how fast things can go out of print. I know. And yeah, they just become difficult to find. Who are some of your sources? Like where you buy from or vendors? Can you just name a few of them? Sure. Um, the first one I go to is always United Library Services. They have a headquarters in Calgary and they've been really good for us. They have a great replacement system. If anything is damaged, they give us a good deal on shipping, which has become a huge cost over the years as the price of fuel has gone up. So I always check there first, but I will shop from anywhere. I've bought items off of Etsy off of eBay, off of, you know, it, right directly from authors' Facebook pages. Yeah, anywhere that I can shop, I will shop. Oh, good. <laughs> Are you able to work from home at this time? Or do you work in the I office? can. I have worked from home the odd time. I certainly could. But really, being so isolated, coming to work is kind of, it's like my piece of sanity. It allows me to get out. I can sequester myself in the office. And then with a lot of other people working from home, it is quite quiet around here some days. So it, it's just nice sometimes to get out of the house. <laughs> so yes, I do try to work from the office if I can. I know our listeners can't see this, but you have some really neat artwork behind you. Are they from books or are they paintings? Or Yes, I've got some from, uh, from books, from promotions that they've done. I do have a lot of artwork from attending uh, comic book conventions. I love that. Uh, I like the, the sci-fi fantasy comic genre. That's really my thing. So yeah, I have definitely created a space in my office that has flair everywhere. Because as um, in your position, you probably get a lot of that free advertising stuff like posters and bookmarks and stuff, right? Yes, yes. And I do try to pass that on as much as I can to my libraries. But sometimes if you've got only one, it's hard to, to choose who gets it. So sometimes I keep it for myself. <laughs> um, are there other materials that you buy for the libraries too, besides books? Yeah, what's become really popular, uh, especially post-COVID, is uh, video games for all the platforms. So that's exciting. I get to, to shop for the newest games for the PlayStation and the Nintendo Switch is super popular. Uh, I did quite a bit of board games and puzzles that could be checked out and taken home from libraries. So tabletop gaming for families when they were sequestered together. Yeah, lots of different kinds of board games, which has been fun. I've done some really great kits for adults. So whether it's an Instapot and four cookbooks that go with it or a sewing machine and some patterns or something that you know you can take home and use. It's that's been very exciting. We have a very popular puzzle exchange table here. And um, we're just gonna start a board game uh, collection as well. Yes, no, I, I highly recommend it. I I use the library a lot. I certainly promote it to all my friends and family that I can because it's just such a wonderful service. And it is, it's books are great, but there's so much more. Besides the um, 
the computer games and the puzzles, have you seen anything that's really popular currently, author-wise or genre-wise or book-wise that you're buying a lot of for libraries? It, it kind of comes in waves, but what's been really popular is a lot of true crime and mysteries. Cause like, as things come out, especially on Netflix and prime about, oh, yeah. you know, the serial killers or the cold case files. Yeah. I find all of a sudden there'll be a huge demand for that. Diane, are you finding people too are buying the books that have been recommended on uh, book TikTok? Yes. Yep. That's definitely uh, it's a great resource to, to get things that people want to want to see. Yeah. Anyone wanting to go into your field of work at the library, what do you think makes a great acquisitions librarian? Ooh, someone who definitely likes to shop, someone who um, is not afraid to do a lot of online research and, and doing you know, virtual carts, uh, someone who has a wide variety of interests. So there are certainly genres and, and things that maybe I'm not super into, but at least to be aware of them and know what they are and know how to shop for them yeah it's just and it's it's just being flexible because of course every library's demands are different and you know shopping is is different so just yeah being able to kind of go with the flow and and just do some do some research do you um i know you would do a lot of online probably a lot of vendors and publishers have their catalogs online do you still get mailed catalogs as well or is it mostly online now it is mostly online now uh, before covid i did get a lot more paper catalogs mm -hmm. and some people will always prefer those and that's great it's they're easy to flip through i will never say no to a paper catalog but yeah a lot of things now have gone online as with everything else mm -hmm. so it's if you're handy online it's no problem mm -hmm. Are you a big user of TrackPack yourself? And what do you use it for the most? Absolutely, I'm a huge user of TrackPack. Um, probably I still get printed material the most. Like I've tried eBooks and e-resources and they're great, but they just don't replace a physical book for me. So yeah, it's a lot of books. I do a lot of cookbooks and crafting books, things that I would you know, buy and maybe use a few pages out of it. But with using it from the library, I can copy that or make notes from it and return it as opposed to then owning this book that I'm never gonna use again. So yeah, it's a lot of cookbooks, a lot of nonfiction interest books that I wouldn't be rereading over and over again. And of course, lots of DVDs with the, with the you know, uh, movie rental places disappearing and not everything available streaming or not having all the streaming services, you know, just DVDs, TV series. Yeah, I use a lot of it. Yeah. So it's I love it. I love that it comes right to right to my library. And yeah, I can I can use it. And I have access to so many items throughout track throughout Northern Lights. Yeah, no, I'm definitely an active patron. When you talked about cookbooks, we have a cookbook club. And we find that we bring in all the new cookbooks and then people cook from them. And we, you know, we share the meals together. But a lot of people will find when they have the cookbook out and they've been cooking from it from a while, they're like, oh, I love this book so much and everything tastes so good and I'm gonna buy it now because cookbooks mm -hmm. are so expensive. Yes, like yes they are. And if, if you don't try it, I mean, maybe there's only one or two recipes that will work for you and your family. Um, other times, yeah, the whole thing is awesome. So yeah, you will get your own 
your own copy, but yeah, it's nice to be able to preview it first. Yeah. Um, yeah, other things that are really popular here with uh, right now on interlibrary loan are, of course, Halloween books. People are bringing in a lot of Halloween books. Yes. And um, we have uh, two Wi-Fi smart hubs now and they're going out all the time. And um, yeah, anything mentioned in Reese Witherspoon's book club is going yes. <laughs> Um, could we switch to um, what you're currently reading, listening to, or watching? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, what are some of those titles? So what I, I just finished Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Feeney, uh -huh. and I enjoyed it. It was, it was a quick, easy read. It had a really great little twist at the end that I did not see coming, so I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. And I just started last night. Too. Yeah, and I just started last night uh, One Perfect Family. It's just brand new out and I am really enjoying the writing. Like I find, I used to be into books, a lot of po post-apocalyptic, you know, kind of stuff, but, and then the pandemic hit and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to read that anymore. <laughs> so I've kind of switched to, yeah, book club picks and I, I do like the thrillers and kind of family dynamic stuff because a lot of that has come out because people have spent more time with their family in the last year and a half two years than they have in the past 10 years so it's just it's interesting to see family dynamics and how it can play out so that's what I've been reading and this morning I'll just put on my desk uh, a discovery of witches season one oh. so I'm excited to start this this weekend because I've I, heard a lot of great things about it I love how when we get to work and there's something from track pack on our desk yes yeah there's like always a present a little... every day exactly so yeah you can that's, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. I'm also taking out a lot of books on uh, Japanese cooking because it's something that I'm looking at getting into. Uh, different ways of preparing food where, you know, to get away from things that are, you know, deep fried or, you know, just, just to try something different. So I've been able to source a lot of really great Japanese cookbooks through Track Pack. So yeah, it's getting those in, flipping them through them, seeing what looks like I could accomplish. So yeah, that's what I, that's, what's been happening on my track account the last little bit. This morning, I just finished, uh, do you know the author David Sedaris? Yes. I just finished his uh, Carnival of Snackery book this morning. Yes. So it's all in diary format and it's his entries, like some entries from 2003 to 2020. And I find with his books, I drop whatever I'm doing and I just start reading and I read <laughs> all the way through it just makes me laugh and then um whatever he recommends or whatever he talks about in his books with his sisters whether it's a book or um, a movie or a youtube channel i go and look it up because i like to read or watch or listen to whatever he's whatever oh, that's he's, uh, that's wonderful no and that's then, um wonderful. he's also inspired me to uh start journal writing so oh excellent yeah and so reading this book just really made me want to continue doing that good uh, one of the books that he recommends or not recommends but him and his sister are reading now and talking about is uh, hidden valley road have you heard about that one mm, i can't say that i have hidden valley road by robert Kolker. it's a non-fiction okay. book it came out in 2020 i think it's about that family of 12 kids and six of them are diagnosed with schizophrenia 
Oh, it's all set in the 60s and 70s. So him and his sister are reading and talking about that one. So I put that one on hold for myself. I think I might have to look that one up too. And then he talks about this. Um, him and his sister were talking about this web, uh, YouTube channel called Soft White Underbelly. Have you heard about that? I think I have. Yeah, it's about they. Well, I was reading about it and they say they interview people who are kind of like forgotten about in society like um there's life stories from homeless people and addicts and um and it's and they talk to people of all ages so anyway they talk about that in the book so i'm gonna check that out mm. i haven't looked at it yet and then um dan is there do you listen to any podcasts i haven't done a lot of podcasts recently i was for a bit i was doing the canadian crime one that was recommended oh, yeah. by, um, I think, CBC Radio, mm-hmm. and I've done I've done a little bit of the the true crime ones because mm-hmm. they're always so popular. Yeah. Uh, there's a woman that does one while she's doing her makeup. She'll talk about a crime that that's been on. It's still unsolved, and yeah, very. While she's doing her makeup. Yeah, while she's doing her makeup in the morning to go to work, she'll she'll pull up an old crime from like the 70s that's never been solved a cold case and she'll just talk about it and and I mean she has no answers or or anything she's just a regular person she's not a police officer but she'll just kind of give you the details and like isn't that weird and it's like wow yeah so like by the end of it she's all made up and and you've heard a story that maybe you didn't know that it even happened I must look that one up (laughs) it's very interesting yeah, a girlfriend of mine put me onto that, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I like a wide variety of podcasts, but one of my favorites I always go back to is called Stuck in the Eighties. Have you heard of it? No. So I like it because I love the music. Mm-hmm. I like the story behind the music, and I like the hosts. They always talk about their connections to those songs. So I always come away with something new, like an eighties song I didn't know about, or now I want to listen to. And they, they go on this, uh, the eighties cruise where they get to see and interview all those bands from the eighties as well. It just sounds like so much fun. Yes. It's just a fun podcast. If you like eighties music or even eighties, um, music, I mean, um, videos or TV shows. And they also talk about, um, any book that is coming out by, uh, eighties, musician or actor or just about a fan from the 80s if they write a book about that time they talk about it and they give it away as prizes so nice so I also use it for readers advisory for myself good (laughs) and is there anything that you um would like to recommend to the listeners Yeah, like right now is such a great time to look for items because of course we're just getting into the holiday rush. So publishers are just putting out books and materials for Christmas. So there's a lot of stuff available right now. Uh, I don't know if I've got anything that's really really sticking in my mind but there's just there's so many good things out there and I I do wish that I mean movies kind of took a little hit here and there wasn't a lot of new stuff coming out I just I mean it's great to see these remakes and reboots but there's just so much new material that could be made into movies and tv shows and yeah I mean I just found out they're remaking um 
a couple of things from the 80s, which I mean, it's great, but there's so oh, it's much. Oh, Wonder Years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an it's a nice take on it, and that's that's awesome. But I, there's so much great material out there. Yeah, one that I'm currently reading that I recommend for people who like. Do you know the comic Pearls Before Swine? Yes, with by Stephen Passes. Yes, so. And he also writes that juvenile fiction series, Timmy Failure. Yes. So he has a new middle grade graphic novel out called Trouble Town and Trouble is spelled T-R-U-B-B-L-E. And the first book is called Squirrel Do Bad. Oh. <laughs> and it's about, um, it's, it's a graphic novel for middle schoolers and it's about um, the main character. Her name is Wendy the Wanderer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she disobeys her dad and her babysitter and she goes out exploring her town by herself for the first time and she gets a lot of she gets in a lot of trouble because she gives a squirrel a taste of a milkshake and then the whole town it just becomes chaos and so she has to fix everything before they find out I have about 10 pages left in it and I just yes. love it so much it's so funny um, <laughs> oh and even some of the characters from Pearls Before Swine show up in the book oh lovely <laughs> so i recommend that one i just love it so much yeah no i just got word that the uh graphic novel saga is going to start again by uh brian vaughn and fiona staples they kind of taken a oh. three or four year of hiatus so they're going to start doing more issues and wrapping it up but yeah it's kind of i'm i'm missing that story saga is so popular at the library so good it's and so well done i just got do, do you remember sweet tooth they did a new mm -hmm. one for that too i just got that one on my desk last night yes no it's very well done as well so dan i always like always ask i always like to ask people um if they have a favorite thing to eat and drink when they're reading <laughs> oh definitely for if i'm reading in the morning i like to have tea with if I'm reading uh, in the evening, maybe a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. That's what I like. And you just, you can't beat popcorn. Popcorn is good when it's fresh, when it's, when it's day old. So yeah, it's something I can eat with one hand while I'm reading. So yeah, that's probably my go-to. And you have reading. a favorite place to read? I like to read on the couch. I mean, I, I will read in bed, but that just makes me fall asleep. But if I want to stay awake and actually read and enjoy the book, I do have a spot on the couch where I like to curl up with some pillows and a blanket and get really comfortable there. And do any pets curl up with you? No, I currently don't have any pets. I am, um, I've been petless now for a little bit, but I am on the lookout for a three-legged cat. So if you know anybody that has a three-legged cat that's looking for a home, because I live in town, so my pet would be completely indoors. So I want to give a home to an animal that couldn't go outside. So, oh, Diane, that's good to know because our humane society here sometimes gets three-legged cats. Yes, I try, I try to keep a watch on them because yeah, I do, I do want to open my home to a special needs cat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I had one before. And, uh, you know, he lived a good long life and, and I'm, I think I'm ready to open up my home again, but I do want to, to, for someone, for a kitty that's special needs. Um, have you heard about, I'm just looking up the title here. There's, um, just speaking of special needs cats, um, a book that I read and loved is called Homer and he's about a blind cat. Have you heard oh. 
Oh, it was so inspiring. Just, he never let his blindness um, stop him from doing anything. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I would, I would certainly consider a blind cat as well, like some, you know, an animal that that, you know, can't maybe live outside, because for their safety. So absolutely. But yeah, I've just I've kind of fallen in love. There's a few um, Instagram groups that I follow about three legged cats. And they're just, it's amazing how, you know, they just they don't even notice. Like they just live wonderful lives and they're just so adorable with three legs I don't know why I mean it's a tragedy that they've lost one but yeah it doesn't seem to slow them down at all I just looked up that title it's called Homer's Odyssey a fearless okay. feline tale or how I or how I learned about love and life from a blind wonder cat by Gwen Cooper <laughs> I just I love it I recommend it all the time I think it's on our staff picks shelf <laughs> okay yeah well, thank you for talking with us today, Diane. Well, thank you very much. I hope that uh, I was able to, uh, to give some good information and uh, some interesting conversation. Have a great day in Elk Point. Yes, you too. Okay, bye. Bye.